Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Geek Town Radio. We're back once again. We believe it's the fourth episode. I think that's right, isn't it, Chris? It is, yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, so welcome, uh, everybody, and uh, welcome to Chris. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have you been up to this week? Uh, in all honesty, not, not a fat lot. <laughs> I know I've kind of had a week like that. It's It's been kind of, you know, regular work and, and not an awful lot else. So that, That's pretty much it. It's sort of been coming home and going to sleep. <laughs> um, did watch the second episode of Fortitude. Oh, yes, I watched that last night. Um, I'm, I'm losing interest. I'm going to try and stick with it. <laughs> but it was just maybe because, again, I was tired, so I might rewatch it, I think. Um but uh, yeah, what else did watch? I started watching Looking again last night, so just caught up the first two episodes of season two. Oh yes, uh, Scott Atlantic, still loving it. I absolutely love it. So uh, <laughs> all good. I'm gonna have to go back and, and see if I can watch the uh, first season of that because uh, I missed it when it was out. So um, yeah, well that sort of brings us on to uh, last week's uh, TV. So let's start with that. So last week, uh, we had a few shows come back. It wasn't a huge amount of, of new stuff. Uh, Hawaii Five-0 uh, returned for the second uh, half of its season, um, which, uh, again, you know, a perfectly good, solid uh, procedural. Um, the old rumour is it, it might be one of the shows that doesn't make it back next season, but because uh, there, there were, I think there are three shows in contention and they reckon that one of them won't make it. Um, so be interesting to see whether that returns uh, and along with that NCOS LA came back for season 6 um, the comeback season 2 Did you have you watched any of that? I've got it recorded I, but I haven't watched it yet I've watched the first episode um, and it's just it's just pure genius it's <laughs> just Lisa Kudrow is just fantastic um, and we started watching um Lisa Kudrow again she's got it's like a spin-off series on YouTube as well right and it's Skype calls with celebrities and she's a counsellor um, and they're really hilarious so she talks about their sex lives and stuff like this and she tries and gives them counselling advice and it's it's brilliant so Lisa Kudrow is just she can't do anything wrong at the moment I think but uh, <laughs> yeah it's uh, you've got to watch the comeback it's, it's just pure pure genius and I think because it's sort of based on well, obviously it's not but it's based on a, uh, a 
a character who's been in a comedy show that's now come to an end and it's about her life afterwards so obviously it links back to sort of Phoebe and her life <laughs> and friends so, no it is good it is really good yeah cool I, I'm probably going to watch that later tonight so uh, I will I will uh, let you know what I think of that next week uh, Looking which you already mentioned is, yeah. uh, is back uh, I know you've been watching that uh, the other show uh, which is a, a new show on um, uh, Sky One uh, called Quid- Quiz Nights, um, which is a fairly sort of standard light entertainment show. It's it's um, a, a quiz show about pub quizzes um, or taking place in, in pub quizzes. The only reason I've added this on is because it it, it takes place in our local. It does. I know. <laughs> I thought I was wondering whether you, you'd know. Yeah, it, it's at the Queen's Arms, isn't it? Yes, the Queen's Arms in Birmingham uh, is one of the pubs that's mentioned in there. So, uh, so yeah, uh, I don't think they were on last night's, but they, they, I, I will be watching the episode they're in just just <laughs> to see how it goes. So, uh, so yeah, that's all the uh, new and returning shows from last week. Let's get into the news. <laughs> So TV and film news for this week. Uh, start off with the first thing that popped up, which was a uh, trailer for Daredevil. Um, have you watched this? I have. I have watched the trailer for this. So, what, what did you think? I mean, it was it was very it was very dark. The one that I saw. I mean, physically very darkly shot. You know. Yes. Yeah. But then you know, Daredevil is blind. So maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe something to that I don't know. Um, no, it was good. But I mean, like you said, it was like very dark. Both, you know, actually shot dark, but it was quite dark and mysterious as well. Yeah. But perhaps he is one of the darker Marvel characters. Then. Yeah, it looks very good. It's very kind of interesting. Kind of disappointed they've not put they've not released anything of him in the kind of classic red Daredevil costume yet. Yes. Yeah. Although but, I think he will end up in that. I just think at the moment he's looking a bit ninjury. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I am looking forward to that coming out. Uh, April tenth that arrives on Netflix. So is it not long then? No, no, no. Fairly soon that that turns up. So not too long for wait. I'm sure we'll see a few more uh, trailers and bits and pieces come up before April. So. There's been a number of bits and pieces of Gotham news appear over the past week. Um, Milo Ventimiglia um, is to play Ogre in uh, the Batman prequel, prequel Gotham, not apparently based on any existing character, but described as a debonair ladies' man who viciously murders young women and cannot who cannot meet his standards. Lovely. Well, yes, what a pleasant chap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Milo uh, Ventimiglia is, of course, uh, probably best known from Heroes and being in Rocky, whatever it was, as playing uh, Rocky's son. Um, so, yeah, um, one piece of casting come up. Um, the showrunner, Bruno Heller, has confirmed that they will be exploring a bit more of Joker's origins in the first season. I mean, originally they had said that they were going to wait and like reveal maybe little tidbits here and there, but nobody really wants to wait. So, <laughs> so um, they, they, they are sort of scratching the surface of the story, uh, just uh, describing it as a little tap on the door, not sort of anything kind of major. Yeah. Um, that's going to be intriguing to see who uh, originally they talked about having it as introducing potential Joker characters throughout the series. So people, because, because obviously Joker's origins are, are very shrouded in mystery. Yeah. So, you know, they might sort of pop up one character here or one character there that, that, that potentially could turn into the Joker, but not be very specific. Okay. So I don't know whether they're actually going to stick with that idea or, or whether they're going with one specific character 
kind of evolving and I imagine you'll get a reveal sort of towards the end of Gotham's yeah. run. I can't I think it would be a mistake because the whole the whole thing with Joker is the fact that he only exists because Batman exists. Yeah. So it would be a mistake to introduce him without Batman being there. Yeah. It makes no sense. Um They've also said that Eddie Nigma's character, played by Corey Michael Smith, will start to begin down his path into becoming the Riddler in the second half of, of this season. Um, I think he's quite a good character. Um, he's, uh, he, it's, it's, and he's sort of in that space anyway. I mean, he throws out riddles quite a lot and he's kind of jokey and slightly quirky. So that sort of makes sense. They're also saying that this season we'll see Scarecrow, but it will be Jonathan Crane's father, not Jonathan Crane, who sort of first takes on the Scarecrow mantle in this version. Um, and uh, a version of Mr. Freeze is going to turn up as well. Right. Which, that, that's... But they have said that if they're going to do that, it needs to fit in with the science. They don't want it to be too sci-fi. Um so I'm not entirely sure how they're going to manage yeah, that. But, you know. It's kind of like, because obviously Gotham is, is sort of like, you know, what, 20, 30 years before Batman. Or before, yeah, yeah Batman is, 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 is Batman as it were. Um, it's all this sort of bringing in characters that shouldn't, act, like, like you said, like with the Joker and stuff, they can't do much with Joker because Joker kind of needs, he needs Batman to exist. It's sort of, if they're bringing in people like Mr. Freeze and Scarecrow's dad, who's also the Scarecrow, it's, you know. Yeah. It's still, I've, I mean, I've watched the first couple of episodes and I'm tempted to just go, try and stick with it and, and go back to it. But it kind of, yeah, it's kind of just a, a program for program's sake, almost. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of enjoying it, uh, and I think the nice thing with the evolution of Penguin is I think that's justifiable in that Penguin, yeah. although he's not the out-and-out Penguin sort of villain, he's always been kind of a mob boss. That's always been his kind of character, yeah. so he fits in very well. Yeah. Um, in And it does make me wonder how long you can stretch out this deterioration of Gotham into this place which isn't run by mob villains but is yeah. run by crazies essentially yeah. so yeah um but at some point you you're gonna struggle doing that because you're gonna have more crazies than you are gonna have traditional mob villains yeah yeah so, yeah so yeah that's the gotham news uh nbc announced a bunch of renewals this uh this week the Blacklist has been renewed. Chicago Fire and Chicago PD have been renewed. Grimm has been renewed already. Um, Law and Order SVU as well. There's only a few shows left on their slate, which they haven't renewed, which is uh, Mysteries of Laura, which is sort of on a 50-50 possible chance of getting renewed. Marry Me and About a Boy and State of Affairs, which are almost definitely going to get cancelled. Uh, and Constantine, um, which... Yeah. Um, He's still in a very precarious state, I, and a lot of places are saying it's probably cancelled, but NBC have now, now cancelled it, yeah, and are, are saying... I think what appears to be happening is that they kind of like the show, but it's not getting the numbers they need, so they're trying to think of something to do with it. And one of the rumours that have come up recently is that they may move it to Sci-Fi, which is also owned by NBC. They may move the show to Sci-Fi and rebrand it as Hellblazer rather than Constantine, 
to, to mark a sort of darker version of it. So it means they can explore the darker areas of the show, um, of, well, of the comic books. Um, so what's the Hellblazer then? In Hel- terms of Hellblazer, Hellblazer was the original name of, of the Constantine comic book. Ah, okay. It was Hellblazer, which, and Constantine was the lead, was the main character in it. Um, so I think the title change would just be to mark that it's a slightly darker version of the show that had been running on NBC, yeah. but the entire cast would stay the same. Uh, but that's definitely not confirmed and definitely just a rumour at the moment. Um, the other rumour that's bounding around with NBC is that they may revive Law & Order as a 10-episode limited series. Uh, yeah, as well, as if, yeah, <laughs> no, NBC not having an original idea for the yeah. past 20 years. Um, so there you go. Another bit of casting news this time for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They've cast Tomorrow Tomorrow People's Luke Mitchell, who is an Australian actor, so obviously has been in Home and Away and Neighbours. (laughs) Um, And uh, I should put up a a quick spoiler warning for this. There you go. Uh, (laughs) um, Because we're going to talk a bit about about the uh, end of the first half of the season. So... um, Lincoln, is, who's the character that Luke is going to play, uh, has been brought in as an inhuman who will help Sky, <laughs> who will help Sky um, understand her newly discovered heritage. It's really the first kind of major introduction of actual inhumans into the show, rather than characters that they already have that have been converted into inhumans. Uh, I know you you really like the Inhuman stuff. I do. I, I yeah, I'm very excited by all the Inhuman stuff. Um, so yeah, this is quite big. I mean, it's so so Quake, who um, Sky, he's in theory meant to turn into or become. Is she an Inhuman then? Yes, as far as uh, it, it, certainly in this iteration, that appears to be what they're uh, going for. Because she was originally written in as a as a mutant, wasn't she? Not not for Agents of Shield. No, no, but Quake. Quake um, let me just double check that. It doesn't actually say. Yeah, because I, lo- I was looking on um, the Marvel Wiki yesterday. Yeah, and I think it started off with set out as a mutant, but the, uh, you actually I, yeah, I searched the page as well, and there was no mention of Inhuman. Which, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this seems to be, I think, what they're going to end up doing because they're not allowed to put mutants in yeah. to uh, the TV shows. Because all the mutants are owned by Fox, yeah. Uh, I suspect what they're going to do is is characters that they have kind of got hold of are going to end up with if they've got mutinies powers are going to end yeah. up being inhumans. So, I mean, it's a good way around it. Yes, um, they've just all got to uh, to re- realize their inhuman abilities. They've got to go through the the whole Terrigan Terrigan. That's a herb, but I think it's something like, ter- like the Terrigan Mist. Yes. Uh, which activate, which makes them go basically go into like a chrysalis type thing, and then they come out of it, and that's when they have their inhuman abilities. Yeah. And that's sort of like where Black Bolt and Medusa sort of um, look after that, and they spread it out, and, you know, that's how you get more inhuman. So as long as they follow it along that path. Yeah. Uh, and not just, oh, I've, I've got powers, you know. Like a lot of the mutants well, and stuff they, like that. They certainly seem to be doing that, because that, yeah. that was sort of the chrysalis thing that, that happened at the end, in the finale of the first half, so... Yeah, that's it, because obviously anybody who gets exposed to it who hasn't got the Inhuman um, genes dies, so it kind of works quite well. Yeah. They followed it really spot on, actually. Yeah. yeah. 
it's going to be nice to see them actually being able to play with um, more good superhuman characters than yeah. uh, evil superhuman characters because they've not done that a huge amount, you know. Yeah. So, so you know, all, all the bad guys have been, have been people, people with powers. So, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's going to be nice to be able to to, to see them kind of um, introduce that a bit more. Um, and one piece of news that turned up yesterday. Uh, Netflix are apparently developing a live-action Legends of Zelda series uh, based on the um, video game. Okay. Um, which, uh, did you play any of the Legends of Zelda? Um, I was more of a Sony fanboy than a Nintendo fanboy. <laughs> um, but I have, I have played Zeldas. Yes. Um, and I quite enjoy, I did quite, it's, they're good games. They are really, really good games. Um so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they do that. Yeah, I mean it's um it's it's a rich kind of background to to deal with. I mean they've been going since 1987 uh and they've made made about 20 Legends of Zelda games. So there's it's not as if they're short of material to dive into. Yeah. Um and and Link is quite a well-known character, I think. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's that would be one definitely ripe for uh, you know a, a kind of sword and sorcery remake yeah. or a, you know live action version. I think that's quite a good pick. So lots of interesting stuff coming through on Netflix. So a uh, good place for it to start. No, definitely. So that's all the news for this week. Um, next up, we've got a um, special for this week. Earlier in the week, I interviewed uh, the directors and writers of the upcoming um, second season of the TV show Uncle, which airs on BBC Three on Tuesday, the 10th of February at 10pm. This is uh, Ollie Revson and Lila Vandenberg. Ollie's the main director. Lila directs the sort of music video segments and uh, Ollie does uh, some of the writing, Lila does some of the writing. So, you know, um, I had a chat with them last week about uh, what's coming up in the uh, new uh, series of Uncle. Um, it's a fantastically funny show. I, I don't know whether you've seen it. I've not actually watched it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I've, it's one that I, it's on my on my list to watch, actually. So now it's, um, but I haven't read the plot. It does look really good. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's been, it's been a couple of programs like this recently, so it'd be interesting to see how that again. I keep saying interesting. Um, <laughs> it'd be good to see how they're going to do it differently to things like about a boy um, and what's the one on Sky? Is it um, uh, Moon Moon Boy or something like that? Yes, Moon, yes, Moon Boy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be good to see how they do it differently to sort because of, it, it's a similar situation. Yeah, if you haven't caught it yet, the whole uh, six episodes of the first season are on the iPlayer at the moment, so you can catch up and go back and watch them. Uh, stars brilliantly funny Nick Helm uh, as as Andy, who's the uh, lead and plays the titular uncle in the show. Um, there's uh, and it's it's about mainly about his relationship with his nephew. Um, but yeah, very very funny show, and uh, it was really nice to to sit and uh, chat with them. So um, here's the interview. Hey, sexy. Uh, Uncle Andy? Oh, God. Hello. Excuse me. You see, I'm busy. If you don't speak up for yourself now, I'm just going to be invisible. I wouldn't mind being invisible. I could sneak into the science museum without anyone noticing. That's what you do with invisibility. Yeah. What would you do? Doesn't matter. Ah! Now, prepare yourself. There's going to be some pretty angry adults in there, and there may be some bad language. Uncle. 
on BBC Three and BBC Three HD. Hey there. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for coming on and talking to me. Pleasure. Very Thank nice you of you. <laughs> I, I, I assume you've been editing all day. Are you still in post at the moment? Yeah, we are. We lock our last episode on Tuesday. We've been going straight through since December. <laughs> wow. Uh, um, so, yeah, so we're coming. We're a little bit punch drunk on editing and eating a lot of biscuits. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we're almost there. Good. Good. Do you want to um, do you want to describe the series just for people that might not have seen it? Yes, it's about an immature uncle and his slightly neurotic nephew, which is not definitely not sort of uh, reinventing the wheel of any sort of genre that's uh, existed in the past. But um, we sort of try and put a slightly um, different twist on it, I think, in the sense that we sort of use it as an excuse to explore tone. Yeah. Uh, Every episode. So like, the, so, you know, as like last first season, for instance, we've got like episode five, which is a fast episode, which is, you know, in what was up to that point, a pretty naturalistic progression is kind of a zany thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we kind of, so we sort of use that format and we just, um, and we just play around with it. There's some stuff in season two, which is, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes down, yeah. but it's like, yeah, it, you know, it's a comedy drama, hopefully comedy first, but there's some episodes one episode in particular, which is probably comedy with a little C and drama with a very capital D. <laughs> right, okay. So. Yeah, but we have a, one I would call very dark episode, and then the next episode is like the tonal, like, complete reverse. So, <laughs> yeah. Because all he originally had said in the season one, what he wanted to do was um, treat every episode like a short film. Yeah. Um, and I think a little bit like, not that we would compare ourselves because we think the show's great, but... Um, one thing I like about Louis, uh, the show, yeah, is I feel like he he'll have like an emotional continuity, but he doesn't worry about plot continuity for one thing. And he, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't worry about format continuity, so every episode can be its own little short film well, and the, yeah, take like, a different take a different path. I think the great thing about his show is that he is the continuity, and I think maybe the fact that he is obviously in every episode. And and he is your through line, and I think that's the thing with Nick that yeah. you get. Well, it's like he is—he's our continuity, so we kind of know we can just throw him in this situation, that situation, this tone, and that tone, and essentially he'll always keep it at sort of a level. Yeah. The sort of the things that we're trying for it, whether it always, <laughs> where, where it always whether it always comes off is another question. But we don't. But yeah, but we sort of definitely try to have every episode be different. Yeah, well, I mean, you you are you are mixing things quite a lot with the uh, you, you the jumping in and out, particularly of the um, things like having the music videos put in, uh, you know, yeah. which, which which kind of shifts you into this really surreal kind of area and then gets pulled back out again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was and that was not so. The original script was actually about it was an out of work actor. Yeah. Um, and, um, it wasn't, the script was very similar to the pilot. The difference being that once Nick got, came on board, we were like, well, we should play to his strengths and his, his live show is all, is very musical. Right. Um, so then that element came into it. So, um, I think in the first episode, I mean, hopefully it comes out of the blue in a sort of an entertaining way, but I think it's definitely a thing in that episode is the one where I'm like, Ooh, it, it was a hard one to sort of figure out yeah. where we would squeeze that in. Yeah. We hadn't written the, orig the original pilot wasn't written with that in mind. And I think some people in the public were kind of like, that's the only one that stands out for me. And then I think from two on, they're probably more organic yeah. narrative. Um, and I think and the interesting thing is that because, you know, originally the character was an actor, 
And then he turned out to be a musician because Nick was a musician. And then we found out that Elliot, the boy playing Errol, was also a musician. So yeah. opened up a bunch of storylines that wouldn't have happened with them, like joining a band. And then it turned out like half of the cast are actually. <laughs> so in this season, we actually have even more of that. Oh, cool. Um, I'm not going to spoil too much, but. Yeah, no, that's true. But yeah. but the show would have been very different if it hadn't been for just the casting of Nick and, and Elliot, because that is it went in that musical in that musical direction. Yeah. Um, it'll, but one thing we also knew is that we didn't want there to be a video every episode. Right. Ideally, some people may like the video, some people may hate them. But, <laughs> but it was a thing where we wanted to be like, okay, well, because you don't want to be in a point where you're watching every episode and you're thinking, okay, the music video is coming any minute, coming any minute. <laughs> and so we wanted to sort of like um, hold hold off on them in some sometimes so that hopefully when they do show up, people are like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, but they feel motivated at least. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the music, the music seems to fit in really well. And, and, where are you writing the songs as well or where where are they coming from no so in the at the script stage we'll we know where we want the song and so we'll have an idea for um what the song thematically should be about yeah. um and then we'll come up with a title and then yeah. and Lila will usually sort of be the one who's more expert on sort of the the genre type that the song should Right, it should yeah. fall in, and and sometimes just to torture Nick, we'll just pick a <laughs> genre. He he sort of has to write a song to that brief, but Nick writes the actual lyrics and the melody. Okay. Um, you know, we'll give him kind of a rough genre. We'll or we'll we'll say like use these kind of songs as an inspiration or this artist. Um, and then he'll sometimes he'll he'll stick to it very faithfully, and sometimes he'll go like way off of, um, and 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 do something very interesting that was not what the the brief was, but but still kind of emotionally gets at the same through line. So the the emotional start point and end point for his character emotionally. I mean, the songs are meant to be kind of a subjective thought process of some type. Yeah you know, that that will still come across in whatever song Nick writes. Yeah. yeah, and they always come out as, I mean, they always come out, they come out as great. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the songs that come out of it. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice thing that uh, we sort of get, we, we get, we get surprised every time, basically, that Nick sort of sends us a song because it's sort of a nice little present that you get at the end of it. Yeah. It's like one thing we didn't actually have to write, so we get to actually enjoy it as... Yeah. An audience member, just like everybody else, and we tend to sing the songs and get them caught in our head too. Yeah, no, the, the, some of the songs are really catchy as well. They, uh, they, he, he does a really good job with those. So. <laughs> and it's not easy, I think, as well. The brief is that you know, it's it has to be a minute and a half. Can't really be much yeah. over because that's the one thing when you're editing the show. Yeah, you know, you can cut any scene, you can cut down, but you know, the song. If the song is two minutes, you can't cut. It, you're not going to cut that down. Yeah. So it, it's not easy, I think, starting having a middle, beginning, and end, uh, beginning, middle, and end onto a song. No, in a, in a um, so uh, so it's it's a tough thing, but he but he does it really, really well. Yeah, <laughs> and it, and it's it, the other challenge is like we we don't want to repeat genres on the show, so it has to keep being a different type <laughs> every time. And like some are very in Nick's wheelhouse, and some of them are like way out of his. Con- Although I think there's a few like genres he did this season, which I don't think Nick tends to write songs in these genres and I think he did an amazing job at it. So I think, you know, like he, he has like an emo pop song. (laughs) Awesome. I should watch out for that. Um, How did you end up working with Nick in the first place? 
Um, that was through Baby Cow, really. Um, so the pilot was with Baby Cow and um, had gone out to all the channels and, and nothing had happened. I think mostly when the script initially went out, people were like, well, who do you imagine in this part? And I had generally on helpful answers like, you know, like John Belushi, you know, like people. <laughs> people yeah, a bit late. <laughs> Exactly. Some kind of American slacker comedians that Judd Apatow might use in something. Yeah, yeah. We'd been in the States a long time, so I sort of knew about the UK comedy scene, but not in depth necessarily. So um, Baby Cow had done little shorts with Nick for Channel 4, these little blaps. Right. Um, that were great. And we, we had a couple of friends who kept raving about him at Edinburgh as well, like because he was he was actually already like a big Edinburgh fringe comedian and had he was always kind of up for a breakthrough artist and um, had had sort of a different show up there every year for sort of almost a decade, I think. Yeah. And then so, and then Henry Normal, our executive, um, you know, called and said, you know, take a look at uh, these things we did with Nick and uh, see whether, you know, you guys would sort of get on and and whether you guys could do the show together. So then they sort of uh, put us on a date and... uh, (laughs) And uh, and we got to talking and uh, and yeah, we were sort of on the same page about what we were thinking about with the show. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. It would be, and yeah, and then it, and then it went from there. Um, and then we did the Channel 4 pilot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it was an arranged marriage, basically. <laughs> but, but, it, but it worked out beautifully, so... Uh, yeah. yeah, you've got new cast as well in this. You've you've got Keith Allen joining you for some of this season as well. We do, we do. We have Keith Allen in the fifth episode, right? Um, which is the intense episode. <laughs> um, well, it's got Keith Allen in it. That would be, that sort yeah. of yeah comes That's with true. it. That's true. Yeah, no, I'm very interested to see how people respond to that episode. But yeah, he was he was fantastic. I wrote the part for him, so um, so it was really great that he disagreed <laughs> and that he liked it so uh so now we got really lucky with that so i'm looking forward to people seeing that yeah i'm i'm looking forward to seeing that that, that should be really good it's been incredibly well received uh in fact you've just picked up an award haven't you we yeah. won yeah we, we, yeah yeah we won a broadcast award last night yeah, yeah. we were not expecting that, that no. was, we, we didn't even go like like <laughs> the producers the executive producers the producers the line producer they all went because we were like, oh, yeah, it'd be a fun evening. None of us expected to win. We, Ollie and I were just like busy doing post. Yeah, yeah. We, we were just like, we don't. It's it's one of those things where you're like, oh, it's, it'd be nice, fun thing to do. But if you're losing two hours in the edit. Yeah. yeah. So, so five days before you're locking. And, and we, you know, because we've been in an edit suite for the last two months, we've been on like this really terrible diet. So we didn't even <laughs> feel like putting on like dress clothes. I don't know if they would have... Yeah, fit properly. No, we would have been on a tracksuit. Yeah, um, I've, been, I've been wearing a onesie literally 
every day for two months. <laughs> I mean, you were you were up against Mr. Sloan and uh, the him and her the wedding episode as well. That's, so yeah, yeah. Man, I, yeah, that's why we looked at it and we were like, well, we're not gonna, yeah, we're, like, we're like, we're not gonna win. Yeah, so. like, I, I love my Mad Fat Diary, and um, we we watched the him and her wedding episode live yeah. when it went out. Yeah. Um, Mr. Sloan was actually shot by the DOP that shot series two. Right. Um, so we, yeah, it was all like really good stuff. Yeah, no. So we were, we were very, very surprised. Um, but it was a, it was a nice surprise, but, um, it was an interesting, it was a really tough category. So that was, yeah, yeah, no, well done. It's, uh, yeah, it's deserved though. It's a, I mean, it's a great show. It's on BBC three at the moment. Do you know what's happening once they shut BBC three? Do you know, uh, because you did it rerun on BBC two as well. It rerun on BBC one after Graham Norton. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it would be on one of the other channels. I think that actually surprised us as well. Cause we, they did, I mean, they didn't even really, they didn't edit it. They just, they just put it on really late on BBC one. Oh yeah. They didn't, yeah. They didn't censor any of the language. No, no, that was, um, yeah. It went on BBC one and, uh, yeah, it, I think it did well. It's really hard to tell how it's yep. doing. We don't or, have a sense of that. Like uh, the sense we get is there's like 20 people on Twitter that really like it. <laughs> and then like occasionally you'll meet a cab driver who's seen it and then but, but you're just as likely to meet somebody who's never heard of it before so. yeah so it's it, you sort of still feel like you're basically just making a short film that's maybe reaching about 200 people <laughs> um, i think that's mostly also because we're locked in the apartment most of the time writing and then between that we're sort of in a dark edit suite so um so we don't get out into the sun. <laughs> yeah. but um but yeah yeah, I mean, BBC Three's been really good for for picking up um, uh, comedies that are sort of slightly more off the wall and and aren't yeah. your straight sitcoms. So it's I, I'm hoping that you know BBC Two or BBC One continue that after whatever happens to BBC Three C Three happens, um, because it'd be a shame for them to lose that. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like they definitely have plans, and it'll be interesting to see how yeah, the online yeah. thing happens. I mean, you got to say that they've done a great job on iPlayer because yeah. so it's yeah, like the thing, they, people feel very sad about the terrestrial channel going away, and I understand the emotional aspect of it going. However, BBC Three shows do better already on iPlayer than they do when they play live, and yeah. and Uncle played better in downloads than it did um, right. in its initial run. I mean, it did, it did better on one than it did on uh iPlayer but it did better on iPlayer than it did on 3. Yeah. Yeah. And it, since like you know you have Netflix and Hulu and HBO's turning into a kind of digital on demand channel and it, it's kind of going that way no matter what. There's yeah. not anything you can do about it. So yeah. um we'll either be there or we'll be on a different BBC channel <laughs> or, the adult, or the adult channel. I mean. The adult channel. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm sure Nick would be really happy about that. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And music videos will really be interesting with yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Um, so, as as people can probably tell, listening to you, you're both American. Um, Actually, uh, no. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm ashamed to say that I'm not American. Uh, okay. Um, where are you? I was was going to say actually, I couldn't quite tell from your accent where because it seems to slip in and out. It's yeah. It's 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 a really muddled horror. Uh, basically, I grew up in in Paris, and then um, to Eng- with English parents. With English parents, both my parents are English. Dad, right. Yeah. 
father from Sunderland, mother from London. And yeah, so then I sort of moved back to the UK when I was 12. And so, but I went to an international school here. So that was a very muddled accent uh, environment. And then after I graduated uni here, um, I went to New York to film school. Um, ah. which is I met. Um, so I was there for eight a, years. And yeah, for eight years. So that is why. You hear this mess of an accent, um, but I'm basically English, but just uh, with a spy's. You have a spy accent. I have a spy yeah. accent. Mid- Mid Atlantic. But Lila is fully fledged American. It's so yeah. American. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were you from um, California, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we, that, I think it's funny because somebody said to us the other day, the thing they loved about Uncle is how quintessentially British it was. And I was like, well, it's written by an American and a French guy. <laughs> <laughs> an English cast. Yeah, it, it, that, that's what I was going to come to, actually, is the fact that it does seem very English. Um, and and to, be, you know, to, to me, it seems like a very English show. Although I can see elements of Louis in it and that kind of darker american stuff so i don't know i but i would have said it's quite an english show so so yeah i found that quite interesting that it's it's written by two people that aren't english <laughs> i know it was slipping under the radar with that one i was a bit when i was growing up well not when i was growing up here but when i moved here i was very into sort of the comedy scene back then and actually shows like game on was like a massive influence on yeah, me yeah yeah I kind of think actually the show, I think Uncle has quite a lot in common with that in certain ways. But I sort of remember loving, loving that to bits. So yeah, so my taste got shaped, taste got shaped quite a bit by that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and I was an American nerd, so I watched all the, the UK comedies that came over. Like I, I kind of grew up on Monty Python and Red Dwarf and... Yeah. But we do have people who tell us like, uh, there was a reference in the second series about um, Old Yeller. Uh, <laughs> Which, and some people are like, oh, we've never heard of Old Yeller. So Old Yeller became Lassie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, we kind of, you know, there'll be like Americanisms in the script, which oddly are often not written by me. They're written by Ollie. <laughs> because our, our belief is that the characters are fairly t- American TV literate. They're on the internet all the time. And, the, you know, like I, my group of friends who are over here are quite immersed in American culture, often like American geek culture. So yeah. the slang has kind of started to merge. So pe- pe- English people don't sound as English anymore. Like they've adopted quite a lot of American slang and euphemisms. Yeah, that, I mean, that's very true. The, I mean, the, you know, a lot of the stuff that we cover on, on the site are American shows, you know, yeah. um, because of, that's where a lot of the sci-fi and the geek shows tend to come from these days. So, you know. Um, so yeah, I think that's very true. Um, yeah. So I think I think a lot of the stuff that's pretty American actually that maybe seems English slips under the radar. Do you want to uh, explain a bit about the uh, where where we start with the second series? Where's Andy at? Mm. Um, so the second series starts exactly one year after we've left them. Okay. Um, in the first series, and so we uh, basically we <laughs> we've gone boyhood on it, which is basically <laughs> we. We shot a year later. The, the, the nice thing about having Elliot is that it sort of forces you to change the narrative and the tone, not the tone, but I suppose the emotional evolution of the show, each yeah. series, because he becomes a different beast every time you start shooting. First time we shot, well, when we did the pilot, he was 12 and then he was 13 and then he was 14. And he's changing a massive amount between yeah. each time we shoot emotionally and physically. I mean, now he's got like a deeper voice than Barry White. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we... Yeah, like we literally couldn't make 
the episode one of series two be the next day after series yeah. the end of series one because he looks so much older yeah. and he's literally deeper than Nick's now. <laughs> forces you to be like, okay, well, where in the narrative are we now? Yeah, so we, so we just embraced it. So, so you come in a year later and the restraining order is uh, still um, being enforced and they're sneaking around spending time together. And uh, it's uh, the first episode is basically about uh, everyone having some kind of block. So uh, Errol's got having a block about confronting his dad about wanting the uh, restraining order to be to be over. Yeah. Um, and he's having issues getting uh, writing a song. Right. Um, and Sam is just uh, sister is uh, starting her job as a therapist and is kind of blocked as far as uh, finding her identity as a as a professional therapist. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, that's where we take off. And then, uh, yeah, so basically the first episode is kind of like a big plunger into a clogged toilet. Uh, <laughs> and uh, hopefully by the end of it, everything's uh, running smoothly again. That's the, uh, that's, so that's, so yeah, that's where we find them. And then we and sort of take it from there, but it was fun sort of trying to figure out how to. Yeah. Like writing our, that whole. Yeah. Get ourselves, get ourselves out of the mess that we created for ourselves. At the end. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I think I was like lurking on digital spy and somebody said something like, well, I don't know how they're going to get around this because there's this, the restraining order. There's, there's no way they can see each other. Just right away. Yeah. I like the, I like that people get invested in it and then they're like worried. Yeah, yeah. Worried about what's going to happen in between. Worried you won't think of something. Yeah. I suppose the first series is about both of them being uh, kids. Yeah. And the second series is more about both of them being teenagers. Yeah. Uh, um. So. It, there's a little, I think in the first series, there's a little bit more, um, Errol takes Andy at his word a little bit. And yeah. in the second series, there's a lot more of Errol sort of questioning and seeing the bullet behind some of the logic. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's some power shift where Errol yeah. is starting to micromanage Andy a lot more. Yeah. So, so there's a lot more bickering and calling each other to task. Yeah. So there's more tension, I think, between those two, because you couldn't just have them kind of, I don't know, it, it I think it would get tedious if every time it was kind of like Errol has a problem and he has to fix it um, or sort of yeah. help him get over it. So, um, so yeah, so we tried to move it on from where we left off. How's the uh, the shoot gone this time around? Were there there any any problems on set or or any interesting experiences while you were? It was it was definitely a harder shoot than the first time, but mostly for it was uh, Daisy who plays um, Sam's sister. Yeah. Um, just had a baby six weeks before we started shooting. <laughs> um, and I don't know how she did it, but she was, she want, really wanted to do the show. And so she was there with a six week old baby. So that was, you know, we sort of scheduled as much as we could around that. Yeah. Um, and then also you've got child hours with Elliot where actually yeah. we, we basically were like, well, we want to write more stuff for Elliot. So I reckon there's probably. I can't remember how much of it, but it's probably about 15 or 20% more Elliot throughout the series. Right. Um, like last series, we were intelligent um, in the fifth episode where we were like, I think we're going to have an issue with Elliot's child hours, so we should write an episode where he's not in it too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just on the phone so in that, episode five. Yeah, so that episode, he's on the phone the whole time, so we shut that on all these little mini sets that we had at our base in Croydon. And and we just peppered them throughout the episode, and that was very nice. We didn't have to use Elliot too much, um, but he still had a nice presence in the episode. But this time, we just wrote a lot of Elliot, and 
our uh, assistant director, John, God bless him, was like, I just don't know how you guys are going to make this work. <laughs> just the harsh reality of like, you have to get tutoring hours done. You, you have to get them done. You have to, and, um, and you can only have him, I think it's for, for on-camera hours a day. Wow. So it's so that's always the thing. Every day you're like you're just battling how much Elliot you can get get in. Yeah. Um, but and the sort of uh, real big help was that his mom plays his double, <laughs> right? And, and so she would put on his wig, the, her double wig, and so a lot of the over the shoulder shots are his mom. <laughs> um, she's now he's had a real growth spurt, so now. <laughs> I think uh, I don't think they're going to match anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> standing on a box. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was to the point where you know we just because the time with Elliot was so precious on camera that we wouldn't rehearse scenes with Elliot. We would rehearse them with his mum, right? And Nick, and then Elliot would we'd, we'd get him out of tutoring. Literally, he'd like be upstairs, get like get Elliot out of tutoring, come onto set, and be like, right, Elliot, you're going to walk here, you're going to walk there. And then you're going to sit down over there and now we're going to shoot it. And, you know, that, that's a pretty difficult thing to throw him into. It's like, yeah. he has, he has, we've made all these decisions without him. Yeah. And, uh, and then we're just like, okay, and action. But he did amazingly well with that. The dream would be to obviously rehearse with him, but there just wasn't time. <laughs> you just couldn't make it work otherwise. So that was, that was a real challenge. Um, you, yeah. You need three more seasons because by the time he's 16... <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, we're we're kind of we're kind of counting down the hours until he's old enough to no. swear on camera. Yeah, he's fourteen now. Um, but if we got another series, he'd be fifteen, and then yeah, two more then, seasons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sixteen is the sweet spot. Like, oh my god, we're gonna have him swearing like a. Like a, like a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about having like a rant that, like, as soon as he turns. Uh, legally 16 like he'll he'll just get some super monologue that's not for profanity <laughs> of course he knows all these words he's um he's been he's already been corrupted by life and the internet yeah but we have to pretend like uh, there's still something to protect yes <laughs> we're not allowed to swear the crew cast are not allowed to swear in front of him and he actually gets a special script with all the, all the f- to turn to fudges <laughs> and of course the thing is when if you a uh, swear word spills out and usually the response is like, oh, <laughs> it's like you made it 10 times worse. You, swore, you said like 20 times more than you would have done if you hadn't been careful about it. So, um, but, so, but, but we're doing we're, we're following uh, due diligence. That's that's the important part. We're, yeah, we're yeah, exactly. No, exactly. So, you know, so you bend over backwards to sort of keep keep in line with that. The other tricky thing is also the music videos, which Lila directs, are just always very, very difficult to squeeze into the schedule just because we have no time. Yeah, to shoot them all, money to shoot them. So <laughs> usually, what happens is we're shooting, and then uh, we'll be like, "Okay, well, we have a window where we don't need Nick for three hours. We'll send him to Lila." Yeah. So you know, Lila has to shoot a music video in three hours, which <laughs> which is not it's a not healthy, ideal. It's not ideal. <laughs> not a healthy place to be. But um, but yeah. So they've done they've done an amazing job with all that. But it's you know usually you get you know a full day to get it to get a video. So yeah, that's um always a tricky a tricky thing to squeeze in but yeah so so that was it but aside from that you know croydon's been good to us um <laughs> yeah so that was those were those were the, the sort of the, the tricky bits really it's um, a really it's a really good crew it's a very harmonious casting crew yeah everybody's quite because it is like it's it is scrappy like you know the the budget and time are always kind of a squeeze and everybody really kind of chips in and makes it happen yeah cool. you 
yeah, you do more than four takes, and and you you know that you're you're wasting you're wasting time. <laughs> <laughs> so, with uh, once you've wrapped everything on Uncle, do you know what you're doing next? Uh, yeah. So I'm writing a feature for Film Four right <laughs> next week. I probably have to start <laughs> writing that, um, and um, and then there's a couple of other feature things to do, and then hopefully we'll see what happens with the third series. And uh, I'm I'm working on a, a pilot for an American company. Oh, a, cool! A comedy pilot. So we 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 jump right out of this post into other writing work. Yeah, we told ourselves we give ourselves a break, but I think the break just is going to be <laughs> a weekend. <Yeah. laughs> All right, I I taken up quite a lot of your time, so uh, I should let you get back to your evening. Um, one last question that we always ask people in interviews, which is: um, Is there a TV show that you're a fan of at the moment or uh, something that you'd like the opportunity to direct? TV show at the moment, I think is hands down, I'm not very original saying this right now, but transparent. Um, yeah. But does, does that count as a TV show? Does that count as a TV show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's on Amazon, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan of that. That's quite, and that is, I would say that's totally not a million miles off from you. Yeah. I mean, uh, my favorite TV show that I've—I I have a lot. I watch a lot of television. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to fall down very heavy on the genre side, so I watch a ton of sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah. Um, but I, at the moment, the last thing that I saw most recently that I really love was actually Silicon Valley. Yes, um, that's awesome. Which I actually kill to direct because that totally is like quite similar to my style. Yeah. Um, I, uh, of the two of us, I'm the more kind of heightened, tropey genre person. Ollie's more kind of realistic, contemporary, and that's pro- you probably kind of can see that mix in Uncle somewhat tonally. Yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised. The show's quite tropey. I'm actually surprised, like nobody's. I'm I'm actually hurt. No, I'm not hurt. <laughs> but like, I'm surprised that nobody's started like a TV tropes page for Uncle because I'm like it's actually quite tropey if you like watch it. Like it's yeah. Got a lot of stuff in there. Um, <laughs> I like Orphan Black. I want to direct a Marvel film. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> you 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 want to direct a good a really Ollie? Okay, the, I'm putting this out here. This is a pitch. Ollie wants to direct a really well written novel <laughs> by an American author who's very similar to him in temperament. Yeah, but I might have to just write the novel <laughs> and, and, and direct it. I might have to back engineer it, but um. Um, hey, I'll, uh, I'll do, uh, you know what? It would be terrible, but I would, if somebody gave me the keys to catch her in the dry, I'd drive it. <laughs> <laughs> that I'd love to see. <laughs> uh, yeah. I want the, the sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird. Let's get that on the table. Yeah. Okay. Fine. You can do that. We're, yeah. We're going to check. We're going to dog Harper Lee next week. <laughs> awesome. All right. I shall, I shall let you go. Um, thanks for coming on and talking to me. Uh, Uncle's back on Tuesday, the 10th of February, 10 p.m. on BBC Three, isn't it? That's, that's exactly. right. Yes. That's All right. So, yes, I am very much looking forward to seeing it. Oh, so. Good. Thank good. you. I hope Thank you enjoy it. Thank you so much for Thank having you. us. Yeah, no, it's, it's been great. Good luck. I will, uh, I will hopefully talk to you again soon. Cheers. Great. Thank awesome. you. Good meeting Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye. 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 That was the interview with Ollie and Lila. Um, as I said at the end there, um, Uncle 
starring Nick Helm, is back on BBC Three on Tuesday on the 10th of February at 10pm. Well worth going to watch um, if you've not seen it already and you can catch up with the first season on iPlayer as well. So uh, go and watch it. It's a great and very funny show. Let's get on with the air date update. These are the changes that uh, we've had over the last week. Um, About a Boy Season 2 is uh, back on Sky 1 on the 22nd of February. Uh, they've moved it to 6pm, which uh, I think kind of shows where they think that show's going. Yeah. <laughs> um, not a huge amount of confidence of its return, I don't think. Um, Blacklist is back uh, for the second part of Season 2, and that's 27th of February at 9pm on Sky Living. Um, that's a fantastic show. Uh, just, just brilliant, if you've not seen that. Next one is Critical, which is a new show. Um, it's a medical drama on Sky One. Uh, that's on the 24th of February at 9pm. Um, and then we've got a few updates for March. The following season three returns on the 7th of March at 9pm. That's a fantastic show. I'm looking forward to that coming back. Uh, How to Get Away with Murder Season 1 Part 2, 22nd of March at 9pm, and Sleepy Hollow Part 2 is 26th of March at 9pm, both on Universal. Um, Yeah, quite late they're bringing those back, actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they've left it so late, unless there's some deal with the US network, but uh, but yeah, they're, they're coming back incredibly late, so... Sorry about that. Just have to avoid the spoilers for a bit longer. Uh, so that's all the air date updates. Let's look forward to the next week on TV. Lots of stuff starting next week. Um, some really good shows and really good new shows coming back. First one, Better Call Saul arrives on Netflix on the 9th of February for its first season. Is this one you're going to be watching? Um, I think I will. I mean, um, Breaking Bad sort of passed me by. I watched perhaps the first five. Terrible human being. No, I know, (laughs) I know. It just wasn't... Yeah, I couldn't really... It was just long. Um, Yeah, couldn't. Uh, You have to work on your attention span. (laughs) No, I know, I know. Terrible, terrible attention span. Um, Yeah, if it doesn't grip me like within the first 15 minutes, that's it. I'm tossing it aside. Um, but no, I am going to give this a go because I've been told it may actually be better than Breaking Bad. There are rumours saying it, it has the potential um, to be better than Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, so I think I will give it a go. Are they going to put the entire season on uh, in one go or is it an episode a week? Or No, it's an episode a week because it's airing on the US. Uh, I think it's on Showtime. Is it Showtime? Showtime or no, AMC, I think, run it. Um, so because it's it's airing on the US, they can't put it out in one batch. So yep. it's it's going to go um, weekly. Next show coming back is Walking Dead, which is back on the 9th at uh, 9 p.m. And that's for the second half of season five. Very much looking forward to that coming back. I'm trying to get back into it. I stopped about halfway through season three and I've literally just picked it back up again like before this um, so I'm, I'm getting getting back into it because I, le- I, I think I got distracted by something uh, <laughs> TV show um, so I know I'm, I'm going back to this because I've heard that uh, season five is quite a good one yes yeah it's it's definitely kind of clawed its way back on form I think at the moment uh, last week tonight with John Oliver is back on Sky Atlantic for his second series that's at uh, 
uh, 9th of February at 10 past 11. Very, very, very funny. Um, if you like things like The Daily Show and any sort of satirical political stuff like um, Have I Got News For You, all that sort of thing. Very, very well thought out political satire. Well worth watching if you've uh, not seen this already. Also about this week, The Flash continues 10th of February at 8pm. So looking forward to that coming back. Uh, Uncle, which is uh, which we mentioned earlier, 10th of February at 10pm, and that's on BBC Three. That's for its second season. Grey's Anatomy returns for its 11th season, second part of its 11th season, on Sky Atlantic on the 11th of February at 10pm. Uh, Arrow is back on the 12th for the second half of its third season, and that's at 8pm. Um, definitely looking forward to that coming back. There's bits and pieces starting to pop up because um, it's already starting back in the US. Yeah. So there's bits and pieces turning up online about that. So I am quite glad that's back. Um, Mentalist is back for its final seventh se- season on uh, Channel 5. That's on the 12th of February at 10pm. Uh, Borscht, which is a... Uh, is that news- that make a fridge? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um, it, it's an adaptation of a novel, uh, and they did a pilot for it, I think, last year on Amazon Prime Instant Video thingy, longest title in the world. That one. Uh, that one. And that's turning up on the 13th of February. Um, it could be worth a watch. Uh, didn't see the pilot, so I'm not sure, but I know a few people have been mentioning that and, and interested in coming back. Uh, and NCIS New Orleans uh, is airing for its first season on the 13th of February at 9pm on Channel 5. Somebody did post a thing on the site saying, if you've not seen NCIS season 11, be wary. There are spoilers, apparently, for the start, right. for some changes that have happened in season 11 of NCIS that pop up in the start of NCIS New Orleans, which is slightly awkward, but you just need to be kind of wary of that, uh, that uh, you, you may have some bits of, of uh, Season 11 spoiled for you, uh, unfortunately. But there's not much you can do about it, so <laughs> that's how it's running. That's all the new TV shows coming next week, um, and I think that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, all there is left to say is uh, if you want to see the latest air date info, go to the website at geektown.co.uk. If you want to get in touch with any questions or comments, you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk, leave a message on uh, this website post, or you can find us at Geektown on Twitter or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown. Uh, and I think that's it. We shall see you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.